Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss could be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hi, Kate. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going good. Um, you know, entering into the uh, the toddler stage with my son, um, he has strong feelings, strong emotions about lots of things, most of them food-based at this point. Um, it, it's been tough to, you know, to relate to him in a way that he understands that his his actions have consequences. Mm, that is so tough. It, it really is. I know that we've, we've been there with my kids too. Um, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned consequences. Da, da, da. Not that we definitely didn't plan this at all. We definitely right. did not plan this guys. Right. Um, because you find that with the code of ethics actions as our members also has consequences. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, we're not, Comparing our members to toddlers, uh, any uh, uh, resemblance to real life events is purely coincidental in this case. Absolutely. It's just the natural learning process of life, right? That's true. Uh, so today, as we've hinted pretty broadly, we're going to be discussing code of ethics violations and sanctions associated with those violations. Now, we really, really hope that you guys never end up needing this information. But should you just be generally curious, or maybe you're serving on a hearing panel, we are going to discuss the sanctions authorized in the Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual. So as a basic refresher, when a hearing panel finds a member to be in violation of the Code of Ethics, they can then assign sanctions for the violation. The Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual, which is the procedural guide for professional standards procedures, authorizes certain types of sanctions Hearing panels must not provide any other type of discipline or sanctions, but only those forms that are authorized in the manual. So the types of discipline that are authorized in the manual are, one, a letter of warning with copy to be placed in the member's file. Two, letter of reprimand with copy to be placed also in member's file. Three, requirement to attend a course. Four, appropriate and reasonable fine not to exceed $15,000. Five, Suspension of membership for a stated period of time, not less than 30 days, nor more than one year, with automatic reinstatement of membership in good standing at the end of the specified period of suspension. Six, expulsion of individual from membership with no reinstatement privilege for a specified period of one to three years. Seven, suspension or termination of MLS rights and privileges for no less than 30 days, nor more than one year. Termination of MLS services shall be for a stated period of one to three years. Eight, cease or refrain from continued conduct or take affirmative steps to ensure compliance with the code. There are some additional conditions attached with those forms of discipline, but you kind of get the general idea from the list that John read. Right. And, and from that list, it's pretty clear that there's a wide range of discipline options that hearing panels can assign to respondents who they deem to be in violation of the code. And, and yeah, so what really jumps out to me is that you can get anywhere from a letter of reprimand to termination of membership. That's such a broad range of consequences. 
It really is. But you know, while it is a you know a real A to Z uh, form of discipline, there, you got to remember that the code of ethics covers a really wide range of behavior. So the violation could be as minor as forgetting to include some information in one of your ads, to as significant and serious as discrimination. And this means that by its very nature, the types of sanctions that are permitted must have the flexibility to address situations with various degrees of seriousness. That's right. And in addition, it's also designed to address progressive behavior. For example, a first-time violation will be assessed differently than a third-time violation of the same nature. And you can see how a minor offense might warrant a low fine, but if the agent has continued to engage in that same behavior, the agent would likely face a higher fine and additional consequences for his or her behavior. So additionally, you will see that the Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual has a section dedicated to sanctioning guidelines. Some of the considerations for hearing panels include that discipline should be commensurate with the offense. Unintentional or inadvertent violations should result in penalties designed to educate respondents, whereas intentional conduct likely warrants a more severe sanction. As we mentioned earlier, discipline should also be progressive. Hearing panels should consider mitigating or extenuating circumstances in determining their appropriate discipline. A gray area can absolutely exist with regards to first-time violations that are clearly not the result of ignorance or mistake, but rather demonstrate that flagrant disregard for the code's obligations. Violations of public trust, including demonstrated misappropriation of client or customer funds or property, discrimination against the protected classes under the Code of Ethics, or fraud should be considered particularly egregious violations of the Code of Ethics. And then a respondent's records of earlier violations can be considered, or even the fact that the respondent has never had a violation of the Code of Ethics. So some other considerations that each panel should be taking into account are the nature of the violation, the harm caused by the violation. So was it a minor violation causing little harm or was it something big that was like a violation of the public trust? Um, was the violation inadvertent or was it unintentional or was it actually intentional? Um, how much experience did the respondent have? So should he or she have known better than to do what they did? Uh, are there any previous violations? And did the respondent acknowledge the behavior or express any kind of remorse? This is really a lot for a hearing panel to take into consideration when considering potential violations. The Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual further breaks down its sanctions and provides some specific guidelines for discipline. So for example, a first violation that's considered you know, relatively minor with little or no harm could result in some combination of a letter of warning, a fine of $500 or less, in attendance at some kind of relevant education session. However, a first-time violation that is considered relatively serious with some harm or injury caused to others might result in some combination of a letter of reprimand, a fine of $2,000 or less, or attendance at a relevant education session or sessions. And you can see how the fine increases as well as number of classes. They have multiple examples and go all the way up to repeat violations that are considered very serious. The highest level of sanctions, respondents could face the $15,000 fine and termination of membership. All right, Kate, let's take it to the legal hotline. Let's do it. How does the suspension of membership even work? Does that mean I won't be able to practice real estate anymore? 
Suspension of membership to your association does not affect your real estate license. Remember, membership and licensure status are two separate issues. On a practical level, it would cause the suspended member to be unable to access member benefits, such as logging into the Virginia Realtors website to access resources or education. Depending on the role of the suspended member within his or her firm, consider a licensee versus a principal broker, um, and the specific association's bylaws, a suspension may result in some additional issues with the MLS. This will vary by local association. Ultimately, a suspended member is still considered a member and is still subject to the duties and obligations of membership, even though he or she would be without the membership privileges for the period of the suspension. John, a $15,000 fine is so high. That's ridiculous. Um, I'm sorry, is there a question there? Um, so that's not a question, but we do hear this quite a bit. It is a high number. Uh, remember that the sanctions address all sorts of behavior, everything from minor errors to very serious issues involving discrimination or theft. Second, remember that these are sanctioning guidelines for the National Association of Realtors. Keyword there is national. The cost of living in Chicago or LA is very different from Richmond, Virginia. And these sanctions needed to address the whole country, not just one region. All right, Kate, last question. What, like, does a letter of reprimand even do? Think of it as a bad report card. It goes on file and is something that the association has access to in the event of future violations or as it considers appointments for committees. Like a bad report card with no additional violations in time, it is likely not to be as big of a deal as it seems right when it's filed. So knowing all that, how can you limit your risk? First, know the code. If you don't violate the code of ethics, you will not face sanctions for violating the code of ethics. That's, that's pretty uh, basic Simple stuff. but true. Exactly. If you are facing an ethics complaint, take a moment to assess potential sanctions and see how you can address some of the sanctioning considerations in your reply and during your hearing. If you're serving on a hearing panel, make sure you review the guidelines in depth and do not sway from them. It's imperative that you follow the guidelines. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks. Other members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service. It does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. Provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. You make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors Copyright 2021. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.